Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'll be reading from Mark chapter 11 verses 15 through to 18. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. Good morning, everyone. If you don't know me, my name is Adrian. I'm going to kick things off. And as was promised, I will be brief. And then we'll have the main event, which will be Udawak, in a few minutes' time, um, which I promise you is going to be good. Um, if you're a regular around Oasis, you'll know that um, we're just in a, this year is like a big year for us, that we're looking to celebrate the wonder of existing as a church for 25 years. And recognizing that that isn't just... Uh, something where we want to pat ourselves on the back, but rather it's something that where we get to just celebrate in the wonder of what God's done in us, through us, and will continue to do. And um, I think one of the joys that we found is that there's many ways that we can express uh, the wonder of what God's done. And we kicked off this year uh, with 25 days of prayer. And why we did that is we wanted to just say, yeah, let's just begin how this thing all started. You see, as a group of people, there was 18 of us in a lounge in Mosley at the very start of Oasis's story that were new in the city and didn't quite know how this thing was going to go. And all we knew is that God was good and we just wanted to share that with other people. Hadn't got a clue how that was going to work. And so we just knew that we needed to be highly dependent on God. And so just sought to kind of give ourselves to praying. Praying and sharing with anyone and everyone we met. And therefore, it felt like the first thing we should possibly do in celebration is kind of just go back to the origins of saying, yep, the key part of who we are is we're a bunch of people who are highly dependent, and don't mind saying that, on the wonder of who God is, of Father, Son, and Spirit. And therefore, we said, let's give ourselves to celebrating the fact that we are a community where prayer is at the very center. And so the last 25 days, up to last Wednesday, we gave ourselves to prayer with a posture of fasting. And I wanted to say, like, let's give ourselves to this in order that it wouldn't just be a celebration of what's been, but a kind of intention of what's going to be. And it was just absolutely amazing. I thought it was fantastic if you were around last Wednesday just to gather and um, just celebrate together in just the joy of being able to give ourselves to praying and the joy of having this posture of fasting, and it feels like it's connected us to one another. It's connected us to God. But I didn't want us to think, well, that's it then, right? That's the first celebration done, tick. Um, 25 days of prayer, yep, done that, we've, we've prayed. But rather to see the invitation that just as this was our starting point, just as this has been something of our lifeblood as a church, it's to mark and shape us as we move forward. And so in the passage that we've just heard read out, actually, Jesus kind of highlights 
just the wonder of prayer. And thank you, Julia, for reading it so excellently over us. And in it, in a moment, I just want to briefly make a comment about this, as I feel like God wants to impress something into us, not as a rebuke. I don't want us to hear that from this passage, but rather as a deep and profound encouragement of who we're meant to be. You see, over the last couple of Sundays, as we've sought to kind of give ourselves to prayer, we've also sought on a Sunday to say, actually, what is it, God, that you want to teach us about prayer? And so a couple of Sundays ago, Sarah did this excellent job of just allowing us to see the beauty of the framework that Jesus gave us in how we can pray. And this framework that's given in Matthew chapter 6 allows us to see the wonder of who God is, how we come in worship of him, honor of him, and then dependent on him. And it just did us good. I don't know about you, but I've had numbers of people coming up to me saying, yeah, I found that whole moment of provocation of I'm going to join Sarah and like praying three times a day, like praying the Lord's Prayer. No, I'm not doing that, but I am using it. Like different moments of saying, yep, I want to come before my father, who's not just my father, but our father is doing me good. And then last Sunday, we had Charlene with us, which was just an amazing Sunday. But in it, I don't want us to lose the wonder and reality of what she brought to us, of something of how prayer is to mark as a community, where she said that actually, as we are waiting for God's response, we're to use it as a moment to encourage and ask one another, what is God doing in the waiting? See, what we're looking at isn't just kind of, oh, yep, that's it, prayer done, or yep, that was a Sunday, that was nice. No, no, this is a way of us being marked moving forward, of seeing that prayer is something where we're encouraging one another. So, yeah, what's our go-to place? Oh, it's a go-to place of dependency. See, we live within a culture where the goal is to continuously say, oh, no, I'm an independent person. I'm able to, to kind of hashtag perform life at its best. That's quite a long hashtag, um, though they don't really exist anymore. But in it, it's like this way of saying, yep, yeah, I've got this one. I've got it sorted. Whereas actually the whole way of following Jesus is, no, I haven't got it sorted. As we've already celebrated, like I am one who's realized that I am highly in need and highly dependent on who God is. And therefore, I don't want us to lose sight of that. I believe that as we move forward as a church community, God wants to uh, welcome and invite us in to a greater level of dependency on him. So jumping then briefly to Matthew, or Mark, sorry, chapter 11, where Jesus has this moment, has a moment where he's entering the temple, which is going to be the place that revealed the wonder of who God was, a place where people could encounter God, and Jesus is there in the temple as he's on his way to the cross. This is where it's all leading to. It's kind of been backdrop of this triumphal entry where everyone's celebrating, hey, Jesus is here. This is amazing. And by the end of the week, he's going to be hung on a cross, which will actually become the way in which he causes his kingdom to fully come about. But in this moment, he enters the temple, and as he enters the temple, which is going to be this place where everyone can come and connect and find dependency on God, he discovers the exact area where all nations are welcome has become like a shopping center. It's become a place where everyone comes to kind of deal and scheme. 
And Jesus is perplexed. He can't control it. At this moment where it feels like Jesus, who's always there, patiently slowing down, unhurried, present with people in this moment, just starts like throwing tables over, chasing people off. And then in doing that, suddenly says this. He's quoting Isaiah 56, verse 7, where he says, like my father's house is going to be a house of prayer. See, I believe that It isn't that Jesus comes amongst us and is seeking to flip over tables and drive us out. Rather, I think Jesus is wanting us to get hold of this wonderful reality. Because of his life, death, and resurrection, what was true of that temple is now being expressed through his body on earth, through every temple present, which if you're a follower of Jesus, you become a living temple. That when we gather together, we become a living temple. And as such, what Jesus was saying of that building is now said of you, is now said of me, and is now said of us whenever we gather. It's at the core of who we are to be is a house of prayer. A place where we're seeking to live dependently on the wonder of who God is. So I remember when I was age 18, I became a follower of Jesus at age 14, but just had a number of years of just kind of trying to figure out how do you do this and teenage pressures. And I got to 18 and I remember there was this invitation to go along to this prayer meeting in the church I was in. I remember going along and I was the youngest one in the room by 40 years. And I was one of two guys who were there. And I sat with these 20 other people And as I sat there, there was no leading. There was just this, yep, let's just come. And then began someone singing a song and started to worship. And I thought, yeah, I can join in that. I know that song. And then the worship died down. And then their hearts began to pour out. These hearts of individuals that were just pouring out this deep desire for more of God. More of God in their own life, more of God in their family's lives, their friends' lives, the church that we're in, the town that we were part of. And I left that moment struck by the wonder and beauty of prayer. It forever changed me. I just how you catch one another's hearts in that moment, one another's stories. See, we often talk about how what we're building here as Oasis is like a home. And we say, like, our home has a culture. And if you were to walk in this morning, you would have seen, like, these posters with photos on. And each poster is, like, one of our culture statements of what we want our home to look like. One of those culture statements is that we want our home to be one that has a culture of faith. And I put to you that probably the best outworking of faith is prayer. Is that we become, as Jesus said, a home that is characterized by prayer. That says, actually, yeah, we realize that we can't do this. We need you, God. Like my story since 18 has been, I can't do this. I need you, God. I promise you, like if you live with me, you'd find out I'm a very weak individual. What I've discovered is from the moment I wake up, I'm just like, yep, I need you, God. I really need you. That this church that we're part of, I think, yep, I need you, God. Would you come and would you move? To the moment I go to bed, I'm like, yep, I really needed you today. Thank you. Look forward to the prayers tomorrow. I think that's what we're to live with. 
This isn't a moment. I think this is a moment where we're being invited more in to be a house of prayer. But Jesus doesn't finish there. You see, he says that this is to be a house of prayer for the nations. A house of prayer for the nations. That In that, what he's reminding us of is that who we are together is meant to be an expression of God's heart for all people, for all nations. That God is a God of all people, all tribes, all tongues, all nations. And here's the wonderful beauty of living in this amazing, beautiful, wonderful city called Birmingham. Is that God in his supreme, sovereign pleasure has caused the nations to come to this city. And therefore, we should live with an expectation that as we live seeking to be invited and build a house of prayer, that it is to be a house of prayer for the nations. That we get to understand that we get to welcome one another in our differences. Understanding together we get to reveal the wonder of who God is. And also that as we pray, we get to catch hold of different ones of our stories because we realize that our story is different to other people's stories. And it comes out as we pray. Because when you pray, your heart begins to speak. And as you hear someone else's prayer, you, reveal, you see that their way of experiencing God's grace has maybe been slightly different to you in your story. And it suddenly enriches our understanding of the wonder of who God is and the wonder of what God can do. And therefore, the invitation in this moment, I believe, is that we are to give ourselves, as we move forward, to increasingly being a house of prayer, but not any old house of prayer, a house of prayer for the nations. And that's going to shape both how we gather, it's going to shape us as individuals, it's going to shape us in our small groups, it's going to shape us in every activity we do as we'll find that, yep, there's a way of prayer. There's a way that we need prayer to be at the heart and we're going to find it expressed in lots of different ways because we're people who are vastly different. And that's good. Now, as I said, I want to be brief. And I've already gone slightly three or four minutes over what I wanted to. Because what I deeply wanted us to do today is hear from Uduak. I had the privilege of hanging out with Uduak a week or so ago. And we were chatting, praying. And as we chatted and prayed, I just felt like, Uduak, you've got something that we need to be enriched by as a church community. And if I want to ask us uh, to just welcome Uduak in a way of just opening our hearts. Now, Uduak will want all glory to God, which is all going glory to God. But I love God's work in her. So should we welcome her? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh-uh, how far? Okay, this is me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Adrian, for the opportunity. And um, he said so much. We've heard a lot. And I give God all the glory. And um, today we're just going to do, I'm just going to exhort us and we'll do more of prayer. Like we said, a house of prayer. And I, would, I just want to encourage our spirits um, about praying. Now, before we start, um, I'm just going to read 
two passages. So what's going to happen is we're going to pray with, with the word of God, but I'm going to encourage you with certain scriptures in the Bible, and um, we'll go on from there. Praise the Lord. So when I say praise the Lord, you say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is, this is us building up our spirits, okay? Now, um, first and foremost, let's go to the book of John chapter 11, verse 40 and 41. It said, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. The next one is in Psalms chapter 116 from verse 2, 1 to 2. It says, I'm using the amplified, so um, I'm using the, I'm going to, I'm reading from my notes because I can't really see up there, but I'm reading from the amplified version in this particular one. It says, I love the Lord because he has heard and now he hears my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined my ear to me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. In quote, I said, this means that God listens and you're not wasting your time praying. Now, before we start, I just want to ask people in the house, how many of us believe that God hears us? If you do, raise up your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Now, how many of us believe that when we ask anything in his name, that he answers, that he gives us the answer? Amen. Hallelujah. I can see that some of us are answer. That is fine. That is fine. Now, um, I'm going to read, and I think some of us, I'm going to ask a question. How many of us feel that when we pray, God isn't answering, that God is silent? Sometimes we do, don't we? Let me go to the book of Exodus chapter 3, from verse 7 to 9 in Amplified Version. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors. For I know their sorrows and sufferings and trials. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the power of the Egyptians. And to bring them out of the land to a land good and large. A land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the, Can of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the whatever. Now behold, the cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. And God said to Moses, I am who I am, and what I am, and will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. There are a lot of us here that feel that God hasn't heard us. There are a lot of us here that feel that they have, they have prayed and feel that God hasn't heard us. But I just want to encourage you now, today, that God hears. Jesus came. There's, I want us to come from a place. I want us to stir our spirit and understand that no matter how long the problem has been, the Father God hears you. The Father God sees you. He's just waiting for the right time. Like we've said in the previous messages, He's maybe telling us to wait. There are certain things. What is he doing at that time? But I want us to also understand what Jesus did. 
in, in earlier passages, what did Jesus do? That's, who are Bible students here? What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. So he went there, he wept. You are crying. You are in tears. You are heavy. But when he went to the, when he went to, to the tomb, what did he do? He said, Father, for, for you to be glorified. And he said, Father, I thank you because you hear me. And today, we are going to pray with an understanding that God hears you. Today, you will be, you not just believe, and it's something to believe. It's, it's okay to say, I believe, I trust in God. But from your heart, today, I want you to confess it. We're going to say it today now. Father, I thank you for you hear me. Everyone, let's just say it together. Father, I thank you for you hear me. That is a prayer. We've started praying, people. So don't even, don't even, you know, take away. We are praying now. Praise the Lord. So another thing I want us to understand is that the word of God, we can pray according to the word of God. Or we can pray in, and we can also pray in the spirit. We are going to pray according. So one of the thin, things that could also hinder us from praying is because of, we are not praying according to the will of God. And one of the things that we understand or know um, the will of God is through his word. And also being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, today, Vincent asked me, what's going on with your life? How are you doing? And I'm, I've come to realize, I've, I said that I'm beginning to wait on the Holy Spirit, to ask the Holy Spirit to take absolute control and to also work with me with the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what it means to wait on the Lord. You're not doing things on your own. You, God guides you. Some of the things that we want in our lives, we all want some of it. There's so many things that we want in our life, but when we have, when we have an understanding that this is what God is saying concerning our lives, we can come in that confidence with the word and say, God, I thank you that you hear me. So even if it takes you 10 years to get to the promise, you are still confident that God, he hears you. So people of God, I want to also encourage you with this saying, and this is the confidence, sorry, 1 John chapter 5, from verse 14 to 15. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he sees, he, um, he listens to and hears us. And if we know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted as, as our present position the request made of him. Now, John chapter 16 from verse, um, John 16, verse 23 and 24, it says, so this is me encouraging you. I'm not preaching, people. I'm just reading from the Bible, okay? I'm just reading from the Bible so that you can encourage yourself in your most holy faith. So when we come, the book of, in Hebrews says that you should come boldly before the what? The throne of grace, okay? So I'm just preparing your spirit so that you can pray and pray with boldness, pray with confidence that he is your father, he is not just a God, okay? He is your father. All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Cool, yeah. 
Now, um, John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24, it says, And when that time comes, you would ask nothing of me. This is a time, people. Okay? This is a time. You would ask me. So, okay, this is amplified, so I'm just going to make it straightforward. Yeah? Um, I tell you that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am. Upon to this time, you have not asked. You have been asking like you are asking God for if um, you're begging. You're asking like God if you can, if you cannot. But now you're coming with what? With confidence before the throne of grace. And you're saying, Father, you said, upon this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name, as presenting all that I am. All that he is. He is also a defender of the defenseless. He is also a provider. You don't need to do things on your own. Okay? Praise the Lord. But now, ask and keep asking. And you receive so that your joy, your gladness, delight may be full and complete. Some of us, we ask and we stop. We ask and we, and we give up. What did he say? People, we are talking, we are praying. What did he say we should do? Keep asking. Pray without ceasing. Keep on doing it. Men ought to pray and not to faint. So, um, I just want to say that imagine, one of the things um, I, we thought about was, imagine you asking for a favor in the name of King Charles. If I say, okay, I'm applying for this job, and the king gives the letter and says, I want this person to have this job, will they give you an interview? Would they give you an interview? They wouldn't give you an interview. They would give you the job. They would give you the job. So Jesus is saying, ask in my name. Ask the Father in my name. You've not been asking. Ask in my name. So today, I have a whole lot of things to talk about. But today, let's just stand up and we are going to ask in the name of God. Now, before we start, please sit down first. Before we go, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, I... My apologies, I'm on a roll here, but um, yes, my apologies. But before, before we start, we're going to, I'm going to ask everyone that, I know in the past you may have asked for certain things and you feel it's the end. We've had messages in the past, we've had two messages which have talked about prayers and waiting and everything. But today, I'm asking you to ask again. I'm telling you to bring forth, table that your request before the throne of grace. And this time around, come with the confidence that he hears you. Come with the confidence that he has seen you. The Israelites, how many years did they stay in Egypt? Please, Bible, Bible scholars. But what did God say? That he has been hearing their cries. He had heard their cries. Okay, so today, come with that confidence that Baba God, he's my father. You can call him Abba Father, isn't it? That he hears you in the name of Jesus. We would say it in the name of Jesus. He said, we talked about being centered. Jesus being at the center of it all. And according to his will, we're going to ask according to the will of God. Another thing according to the will of God is know what God's word is saying concerning any situation. He said, I would give, he said, Ask and it shall be given unto you. So I want you to ask according to the will of God. There are those of us that are in school and are looking, are praying to God for guidance. What did he say? If anyone lacks wisdom, what did he say you should do? Ask of him. 
He's the Lord that provides. He said, I am the Lord that heals you. He's in his word. So it's not like you're begging him. The Lord has said it. I am the Lord that heals you. He said, fear not. Are you afraid? Are you anxious? He's in his word. He said, I will give you courage. So today... I don't want to go deep. It's, I, I'm, the thing is this, I just want you to think about what the Bible is saying concerning your word. After today, even if you go into your, your, quiet, your, your quiet room or, your, or during your quiet time, look for every promise that he has concerning your word, your, 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 the issue that you're praying to God for. He says his words are what? Yes and amen. His promises to us are yea and amen. Praise the Lord. Now he says, but without faith, sorry, okay. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says, but without faith it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must certainly or necessarily believe that God exists and he's the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Please, people of God, as you've come into his, into his presence with confidence, believe that he has heard you believe have the faith that he's going to do it praise the lord and he says another, I want, another thing i want to say is in philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 9 don't worry about anything are you worried my mortgage is not paid I don't know where the next meal is coming from. I don't have a job. I'm looking for a job. Instead of that worry, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And after, after telling him, you'd thank him for what he has done. Then he would ex you would experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in G Christ Jesus. I'm going to jump to verse 8. The B part, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting in practice. He did not say you should stop thinking. You have to keep practicing it. I don't feel like it, but that's what the word says. You speak life. The words that we speak, the Jesus said the words that I speak are what? Are spirit and they are life. Speak, even as we're going to pray, you may not see it, but people keep confessing it. Keep confessing the truth in his word. Keep confessing the promise that he has made to you. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm just going to summarize what I've said. Today is build a house of prayer. God listens. You're not wasting your time praying. And understand who you are in Christ Jesus. You are a child of God. He loves you. And I say come from a place of victory. And not as a victim as, you're, as you are helpless. You have to take authority if you need to. And you will know this through understanding of God's words and praying accordingly. Do not limit your prayer because you think you are sinful or undeserving. Who said you are undeserving? 
What did Jesus come to do? He came that we should have life and to have it abundantly. He came that we should, we should take away our sins, that we can call upon him. He said that the veil has been, has been torn and we can come into his presence. We can call him Abba, Father. You don't know what he said in Romans? Okay? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do not come from a place of God does not answer. I am sinful. Confess your sins before him and then you come into his presence. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers. Have faith. Be bold. Be courageous when you pray with conviction. If you know it's God, it's God's will. Keep asking and don't relent. And today we're going, we going to pray. I'm going to give us a time for us to reflect on what, the, what you feel, what your prayer points are. And we're also going to have a time whereby we just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if any of us, about one or two of us in this moment, if we, when we're having a, period, a moment of, of silence, if you have any word from the Lord for us today in terms of prayer, you can come and share. But we're going to stand up and we're going to pray and we're going to start, I asked in the prayer with permission, if you can speak in tongues because it says that the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit gives us the groanings. He helps us to make utterances or groanings that we cannot on our own, we don't understand. Now, sometimes that we have that pain, that urge, but we don't even know how to say it. And the Holy Spirit guides us. You don't need to speak. If you don't, if you don't, if, if you don't speak in unknown tongues, it's okay to speak in your known tongues. But just what I'm saying is that we're going to start, we're going to face, first and foremost, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying in your hearts. You just pray within you. Have your prayer requests, please. Anything you want to, but we're just going to start by, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us in what the Father Lord wants us to pray about. I also have my prayer points here, but we're going to first and foremost wait in the presence of the Lord. Shall we pray? You can stand up if you can. If you can. Um, yeah, so can we just start worshiping the Lord? I'm Heavenly Father, I give you all the worship. Father, Lord, I give you all the praise. I bless your name for you are God. I thank you, Lord, because you loved us. Before we knew ourselves, Lord, you loved us. You knew us. You formed us, Lord. Lord, we give you all the worship. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Lord, because we have a victory in Christ Jesus, oh Lord. Lord, we bless your name because, oh my God, you said we can come boldly into the throne of grace, the throne of mercy. You said, Father, Lord, that we should ask anything in your name that you would give unto us. Baba God. Father, you also said that, Lord King of glory, that if we who are evil will give our children good gifts, how much more the Father will give us the Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God. We thank you for the gifts of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and the adoption through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We give you all the worship. We give you all the praise. Amen.